It's the Dubai Property Podcast for news, interviews and market trends. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dubai Property Podcast talking real estate around the UAE and available on Spotify and Apple and of course wherever you might these days get your podcast from. And it's a Tuesday morning, the 28th day of November. The F1 racing in Abu Dhabi. He went, he saw, he experienced the flavours, the smell, the excitement, the drama, and now even more excitement back into another real estate property week. Mario Volpi, how did it all play out in Abu Dhabi over the weekend? Well, as usual, it was an amazing weekend. However, it wasn't quite the result I wanted, despite the fact that Raunac will be happy because Charles Leclerc came second and there was no way he was going to beat Max Verstappen. But the disappointment was that, unfortunately, George Russell and indeed Lewis Lewis Hamilton uh, gained enough points. So they took the second place in the constructors for Mercedes uh, only by three points. So it was very, very close in the end. Gee, that George Russell, he's hes quite interesting to watch in terms of his pathway because I think it was a couple of series ago, he was sort of well out of contention in terms of where he's wound up now. Well, all these young drivers, they just come from nowhere. Uh, you've got other ones like Logan Sargent, who's an American, Oscar Piastri. I mean, these are names, I guess, that people, if they don't follow the F1, don't really know. And George was the same. You, you know Max Verstappen, you know the likes of Vettel, who's now retired, and these uh, bigger names like Michael Schumacher. But even Max himself uh, only came on the scene three seasons ago, and he's uh, the son of uh, Jos Verstappen, of course, who uh, also was a racing driver. So a very proud daddy there, I can assure you. Yeah, and I think it was a, a series ago, there was a an interesting thread. I think he was a Russian owner with one of the teams and his son was one of the the drivers and one of those team principals, I forget his name, he's, he's the character, he's the real character, I forget what nationality he is. He was like, get me out of here. Yeah, there's a few of those. Lance Stroll is one of them. He actually drives for, um, Aston Martin team, the one that uh, Fernando Alonso drives for as well. So his father, I think, is the team principal. So there's a bit of nepotism going on there, I'm sure. Yeah, plenty of nepotism, exactly. All right, Lucia, first off, um, thank you for your patience because I know it has been a long time coming in terms of the question that you have posed for us. We did the first half and I believe that uh, Lucia was wanting to spend 2.5 million dirhams on an investment property with the best possible yield, Mario. That's right. Two and a half million dirhams will get you a great selection in most areas. But for the purpose of uh, Lucia's question, I'm going to focus on a few areas where the, the yield or the return on investment, the ROI, is high. Dubai already has a high level of rental yield when compared to other major cities in the world. I mean, it regularly beats places like London, Hong Kong and Singapore. So obviously, it's attractive to investors from an uh, income perspective, especially when you factor in any capital appreciation. All right. Having said that, what are the areas that you've come up with for Lucia? 
So the first place to look at is Jamira Village Circle, which is known uh, as JVC. I've checked a few options for Lucia. So for 2.25 million, there is a one bedroom in a tower called 5 JVC. Now, 5 JVC is very popular with the youngsters because they have like nightclubs and bars there and it's uh, it's like a magnet for, for for young people and of course 5 JVC is the sister uh, development of 5 Palm which is also very popular um, this is a, a high floor uh, one bedroom it's a good size it's 1632 square feet and there's in fact a few options in this building ranging from around 2 to 2.250 million and just so that Lucia can understand you can rent these out for approximately 110,000 dirhams, giving an ROI of 4.88%. Now, for a little bit more money, there's a two-bedroom uh, apartment in a tower called Belgravia. This is by Ellington. There's a much larger size, 2,063 square feet. This gives you a much better ROI. It can be rented for around about 150,000, which will give you um, a return of approximately 6%. Now, these are apartments. Now, if Lucia wants to go for a house, there's a three-bedroom townhouse in a, in a project called Mirabella, uh, which will cost $2.4 million, so just under her budget. This is 3,305 square feet and could be also rented for around one fifty, which will bring an ROI of 6.45. Lastly, a four-bedroom townhouse. Um, this is how good this area is. You see, you could even get a four-bedroom unit. This can be bought in Mulberry Park for 2.5 million again. Great size, 3,931 square feet. And this is the best one because it can be rented for 180,000 dirhams, bringing an ROI of approximately 7.2%. Okay, so there you go, Lucia. Just coming back to that first one, you know, it does amaze me just how large these one-bedders are. I mean, did you quote 1,600 square feet? Yeah, 1,632 square feet. I mean, I have to say that developers in the last two, three, four, perhaps even five years... Uh, have started to build much, much smaller units. When I first came to Dubai 15 years ago, I mean, they, they were huge. Properties were really, really big compared to what I was used to, say, in the UK. As the years have gone on, to try and keep the uh, the sort of ticket price down, they've they've actually built smaller and smaller units. But uh, this particular one is uh, is a really good size. 1632 for a one-bedroom is very, very spacious. Oh, exactly. And, and particularly the empty nesters. I mean, this is a market, in fact, that they should probably pay a little bit more attention to. If you're saying that they're getting smaller, a lot of people like those one-bedders for that reason because they only need the single bedroom. Correct. But when you actually look at what uh, some of the developers are building, I mean, a one bedroom now is around sort of six, seven hundred square feet. I mean, this is this is nearly three times that size. So you can see you get a lot more bang for your buck with uh, with JVC. But there were other areas I looked at, too. All right, so that is JVC, but don't worry, Lucia, I think that Mario has got another area, another location to give you some even more choices on. 
Yeah, I've also looked at JLT. Now, this is Jamira Lakes Towers as an alternative area. This is uh, very close to Dubai Marina, so very, very popular. Now, here, for just over two million, you will get a one-bedroom in the Banyan Tree residence. This isn't as big as the other one in JVC. This is 929 square feet, but this can be rented for 150,000, which brings a return of investment of 7.31. Uh, a two-bedroom in MBL residence for approximately 1336 square feet is available at 2.5. Now, this can be rented for 185, and this gives uh, an ROI of 7.4. Uh, a three-bedroom in uh, Lake Point Tower is available for 2.3. Uh, this actually can be rented for 160, and this brings an ROI of just under 6.95. And lastly, a four-bedroom in a tower called Al-Walid Paradise. Now, this is big, 2157 square feet um, in size, and it's available for 2.2 million. Uh, Therefore, this will actually bring a massive 10% return because it can be rented for 220,000. Gee, 220k, four bedroom and a ton of space. What more could she want from a investment yield? Exactly, exactly. So you can see if you do a bit of shopping around, you can get some very good return on investments. And don't forget that these properties are ready. And if the market continues to go up, they'll also get capital appreciation. Well, it's all about the the girls this morning. So that is Lucia in Denmark. Now we flick over to Ireland and to Sandra in Galway, who says that she often hears the term being used that Dubai's secondary market is a maturing market. And she wanted to know what that means, Mario. And she's also heard the same term for off plan as well. So over to you. Like I said on Saturday, if you ask this uh, question to 10 people, you are likely to get 10 different answers. So for me, a maturing real estate market is one that has improved over time. I mean, don't forget that Dubai's real estate market only started approximately 20 odd years ago, which is extremely young when you compare it to markets from other global cities. During this time, many changes have taken place. More laws and regulations have been put into practice, both for the secondary market as well as for the primary or off-plan. Okay, so can you give us some changes in this sector, for this sector of what you're talking about? Sure. Let's look at uh, the secondary market first. The sales process has become more streamlined. In fact, unified contracts are now used Whereas in the past, uh, there were many different types of contracts used and and this led to confusion and potential delays. Uh, Now we have standardized contracts approved by the land department, which can only be accessed by rear qualified real estate brokers. Um, In fact, another change is that sales can only be transacted with a rear qualified broker. Freelancers are no longer allowed to assist buyers or sellers. There have been many more improvements to the secondary market, um, but these were just a few that I found. All right, so that is the secondary market. So let's have a look at the prime market and off plan. How does that shake out in terms of what Sandra is wanting to know? Well, in the past, a developer could start sales from a project 
even if he didn't actually own the land, believe it or not. I know that sounds crazy, but things have improved a, a great deal. So, for example, today, a developer either has to construct at least 20% of the project or have 20% of the value in escrow before selling any units in the project. I mean, this alone has given security to uh, any investor uh, that the project is likely to be completed. Another change for, for the better, in my opinion, is that a buyer of an off-plan unit cannot resell unless they've paid 30, 40, and sometimes even 50% from the original payment plan. Now, what this does is that it prevents what we call flipping and potentially overheating a bull market. Now, again, these are just a few changes that have taken place that leads people to say that the Dubai real estate market is maturing. So hopefully Sandra will understand that I guess the definition of a maturing market is one where there are problems, but then solutions have been found. Changes come into play. Legislations and laws are put in place to actually protect all parties, not just investors, but sellers as well as buyers, developers, etc. So this would be my take on a maturing market. Mm, okay, well, that's great. So thank you, Mario, for that. Thank you for the emails. And just a reminder, if you've got an email and you're not quite sure about something when it comes to the Dubai property market or in the UAE, you can drop us an email to the Dubai Property Podcast at gmail.com because uh, Mario is a reservoir of information. It's all about just tapping in to that mind of nearly 40 years of real estate. And talking of tapping into minds, you were tapping away to Shania Twain. She was in Abu Dhabi for the, the F1. How was that concert? Um, well, sorry to disappoint you, but I didn't actually go to the Shania Twain concert. She was on, but uh, I decided not to bother. Uh, I actually wasn't feeling very well. I managed to grab myself a cold, did a COVID test, all negative, so everything's good, but felt a bit lousy. So yeah, didn't see Shania Twain and didn't see either the Foo Fighters as well, who were on uh, after the race as well on, on Sunday. Yeah, there's a bit of a difference, isn't there? I like the way that they've sort of mixed that up. Foo Fighters and Shania Twain. You don't normally use those two names together. No, and on the Friday night, you had Chris Brown as well. So a bit of R&B, a bit of <laughs> yeah. soul. So uh, something for everybody, Craig. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you for that, Mario. I'll let you get out there. You probably have some time to make up with all the, the time at the F1. And I look forward to talking next week. Amazing, Craig. Thank you and speak to you next week. We dive deep into topics like buying, selling, investing and maximising your property's value. From mortgage advice to the latest property data and trending numbers, your real estate journey starts here which shows that we are pretty much level with the previous peak, which was September 2014. So that's an all-time high of an average cost per square foot of 1,234 dirhams. So the difference, obviously, last time round, the government stepped in. They wanted to kind of slow it down a little bit, so they brought in new regulations. Forecast experts were saying that there's going to be a number 5 to 10% increase on the rental market. January, February, people are moving from their home countries here to Dubai. So I just think it's going to definitely going to increase the rental market 100%. With the lack of supply that's now out in commercial real estate driving the price increases that we're seeing, you've got the likes of TCOM, which is a big commercial real estate operator here in Dubai, seeing themselves being almost at 100% capacity. I mean, it's just crazy some of the numbers at the moment. 
The skyline is constantly changing, growing and expanding. The Dubai Property Podcast for all things real estate.